0: There's a lot of fear around employee sharing on social media. And I think that stops a lot of companies even getting started, really. I think the important thing here really is to address these fears head on, not and try and imagine them away. But at the core of it really, I think is you need a set of strong guidelines, guardrails, and these work for both sides, really. This is where the employees know what they can and can't say, but if you're doing this Key thing is don't make them complicated. You know, don't turn it into a big kind of manual. It needs to be pretty simple because they need to remember it when they're posting what the core core rules are. There's actually one third fear actually thinking about this, um, which is that if employees go out there sharing on social media, they're going to get poached in some way. But my view again is that the opposite is likely to happen. You're going to attract more new talent because people will see that you trust employees, that you'll keep your employees because you're empowering them. And I guess if they do go somewhere else, you've treated them well, so they will continue to be advocates for your business.
1: Welcome to the internal marketing podcast, the unique podcast series that flips the marketing conversation from external to internal, exploring all the ways that companies can build the brand and drive growth by engaging and empowering its employees to become powerful ambassadors of the company brand. I'm your host, Carrie ann Stimson, and I'm very happy to bring you this episode where we'll be talking about how you can build out your very own Employee Ambassador Program. But first, make every internal email a great experience with Workshop, the number one internal marketing email tool. Effortlessly create, send, manage, and measure engaging email campaigns, newsletters, and announcements. Workshop is the easiest email editor ever, and streamlines workflows with features like permissions and list management. Their powerful analytics provide valuable insights into engagement, open rates, and more. See why Workshop has become the go-to email tool for internal teams at hundreds of top-tier companies like Panera Bread, HarperCollins, Jim Beam, and more go to useworkshop.com. Now, let's jump into this conversation with my featured guest, Andrew Seal. Andrew is the CEO of Together, and he'll be sharing the 10 steps you should take to build out your very own employee ambassador program. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to the Internal Marketing Podcast. I'm very happy to have you.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Marianne. It's It's really lovely to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Well, this is going to be a great conversation because it's going to be filled with a lot of practical tips. And in this particular conversation, we're going to be talking about an employee ambassador program. A lot of companies seem to be going in the direction of implementing employee advocacy and employee ambassador programs. In your view, is it better suited for companies in particular industries? Or maybe is it better suited for B2B versus B2C?
0: I mean, my view is it's actually, it's suited for every kind of company. Um, it does slightly vary on what you're trying to achieve. I think that's probably the key point. And you do hear a lot of people talking about programs B2B companies. And I think that's mainly when you're thinking about sales. I mean, I think that's based on the idea that the B2C sales cycle is more complex and requires the buyer to conduct more research. So... Employee experts, for example, helping that journey definitely helps more on the B2B side. Having said that, there are opportunities in B2C as well, where there are products which require more knowledge, say, I don't know, cars or tech, for example. But I think if you look at it from a point of view of uh, recruitment and the employee brand, I think there's an opportunity for all companies to, to get involved, everyone's looking to, you know, to hire the best people. So. You know, the thing I think you need to do really is kind of break your organization into different groups, really. You've got leadership, sales, subject matter experts, and then perhaps kind of the wider employees, and then perhaps think about how these different groups might then act on, on social media towards achieving your goals. And I think that while the sales group is pretty obvious, I think the wider set of employees can all get involved in sharing the, the company experience of working for company, um talking about, you know, the, the outcomes of the employee brand and so on and so forth. So I think there's a real opportunity for for everyone to get involved in, in, in all companies in that case.
1: Absolutely. I, I think it's it's kind of obvious almost based on the picture we painted so far in this discussion, Andrew, the benefits to the company, but what are the benefits to the employees of an employee ambassador program? I'd love to just hear from you because... Sometimes I know there tends to be resistance, understandably so, on the part of employees because they're like, what, is the company going to turn me into a walking, talking billboard for the brand? <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's all about the company making money. And yeah, if a company makes money, then that's job security for me, I guess, perhaps, or an improved chance of job security for making revenue and, and making profit and doing well. Uh, but I think there's an obvious question. What's the benefit to the employee?
0: It, it's a great question and I, I agree. It's probably the biggest question I, I'm, I'm asked really is why would, why would I do it? Why would employees do it? I guess I like to turn it around really and think, well, why wouldn't they do it? In the sense, like these, these days, being able, the opportunity, I think, to be able to build your professional brand, your professional influence on social media. It's, it's just got so many benefits. I think that every employee you know, if they want to, should have these skills. It feels like it's almost the skills of a modern employee that, you know, it, it, that they they're able to communicate professionally on social media. Because I was, I was chatting to a to a senior team member at a a global bank recently, and he, he was talking about, we were talking about social media and, and employee advocacy, and he was talking about how he saw people in his workplace who were active on social media. And he saw that he perceived that they were getting noticed more internally. He, he felt they were getting more opportunities. And in his view, they weren't, you know, even if they weren't that good, he just said, and he, he found this really frustrating and he, he could see, you know, he was working very hard at what he was doing, but didn't feel like he was getting noticed in the same, same way as these people were. So it's something I can recognize from my experience of working, you know, as as, a, as an introvert really working in large organizations, it's easy to get, to get lost when you know you're doing a great job but if sometimes if you're not shouting about it in some way you think you can get lost really and this is this is where i think visibility at work is 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 a real opportunity um for employees they can really uh you know show show themselves at, at, at work internally by being active and building their their professional brand on all social media and it's something i wish i'd know more about i've thought more about when i was you know starting out you know i wish i'd done more about this
1: yes indeed and- you know, at the end of the day, having a strong personal brand is so invaluable these days. I think it's really something that employees can get excited about doing and and employee ambassador program that's a good quality one that provides you with the tools to help empower you to do that, I think is a great great opportunity that every employee can benefit from. I mean, going back to the concerns of a of of an employee ambassador program Andrew, I know that there are some companies while they may appreciate the benefits of it, they're a little bit nervous. And I've seen this on LinkedIn a lot of times where companies are resistant. Typically, they tend to prefer to want to muzzle their employees uh, by not having them post about anything to do with their job or the company at all. Or the flip side or the complete opposite of the spectrum of muzzling them, what they prefer to do is say, "Okay, look, we'll give you the content and you just copy and paste. Because we want to have complete control over everything you say about the company, as opposed to allowing the employees to be their authentic selves, if it means even taking that company content and repurposing it in a voice that's more suited to them, or just to come up with their own great content that may or may not have anything to do with the company or the industry, but certainly, you know, helps the company brand ultimately to go along for the ride with what the employee is doing. Oh, there are obvious risks. You know, I think we can be honest about that. For companies who are concerned, there are risks associated with having employees being ambassadors online. And I'd love to get in your space, Andrew, with the clients you've been working with. How can companies mitigate those risks so they don't become so much of a concern to them?
0: Uh, it's, it's a great question. I think it's, it's you're absolutely right. It's, there's a lot of fear around employee sharing on social media. Uh, and I think that stops a lot of companies even getting started really. It, it allows it to be kind of put aside and thought about, you know, and, and then never really happen. I think the important thing here really is to address these fears head on, not and try and imagine them away or imagine them not there or kind of ignore them all. Um, but at the core of it really, I think is you need a set of strong guidelines, guardrails, I've heard you, whatever you call it. And these work for both sides, really, this is where. The employees know what they can and can't say. And then they work to reassure the leadership that there is an approach which addresses their fears, their concerns, mm-hmm. and there is a plan to deal with situations which arise. But if you're doing this, keeping is don't make them complicated. You know, don't turn it into a big kind of manual. It needs to be pretty simple because ultimately they need to be read, they need to be understood, and they need to be remembered because people aren't going to read them again for the bit. So they need to remember it when they're posting what the core the core rules are. There is actually one Third fear, actually, it's thinking about threes, um which is that people, um, a lot of employees are concerned that if employees go out there sharing on social media, they're going to get poached in some way, you know, because they're going to sort of build their profiles and everyone's going to see them. So, again, you need to address this fear. Um, but my view, again, is that the opposite is likely to happen. You're going to attract more new talent because people will see that you trust employees, that you know, get to be grown ups and to go out there. You'll keep your employees because you're empowering them. And I guess if they do go somewhere else, you know, you've treated them well. So they'll continue to be advocates for your business.
1: Yes, indeed. And I love that you've touched on a couple of those risks and associated fears that go along with those risks. You know, yes, poaching is a real one. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, You know, my response always is, you know what, even if they do get poached, because let's face it, someone, one of your employees may just get a better opportunity elsewhere for whatever reason. But the reality is, if you've done such a great job of building a great employer brand with your employee ambassadors, then you should have no trouble at all attracting great talent. So even if someone has to go to get an opportunity, you're going to refill that slot in a heartbeat because you've done such a great job of sharing how great it is to work with your company, you know. Andrew, we're now at this point where we'd love to get your 10 steps, you know. So we've gone through what is an employee ambassador program, the benefits of it, the fact that just about every single company with employees can benefit from it and can have it as part of their arsenal. And then, of course, there's benefit to employees. We've talked how we can manage the risks associated with it. And now for anyone listening, they're like, hey, I want to start my own program. What are those steps that company leaders can take to implement their own employee ambassador program? Take it away.
0: So let's go with the first step, um, which is you need to start with the whys. Why are you doing it? You're introducing something new like this. You are going to get pushback somewhere. Somebody's going to go, like we said earlier, why, you know, why would anyone do this? Or what's the point? Or what if these things go wrong? There's always some reason. So you're going to need to be ready to overcome your colleagues, your leaders, whatever their biases, their doubts, their fears to make any progress. And you need to be armed with answers to why are you doing it? Why is your organization doing it? Why would employees doing it? If you have that, you will be in a strong position to respond and to build allies and build support as you, as you move through this. So, bear those in mind.
1: Yes, when you're indeed.
0: Thinking about the lies.
1: All right. Number two.
0: So, number two is what we just talked about, which is setting the guardrails. Uh, so, we've discussed, you know, one of the biggest barriers is fear gets in the way for both employers and employees. Uh, so, I put this step in really early on because you need to address it really early in your program. It's one of the most, you know, important things, really, because if you're going to get knocked back because of the fears, then are not going to get very far. So get, get at least your draft guardrails and approach, listen to leaders, listen to people's concerns, talk to legal and compliance, you know, get them involved, do any on in the process. So people are on board and you're building, you're having, you know, honest conversations about things and we're developing solutions to them. So getting this going at this stage is really important.
1: Yes, definitely those guardrails. Thank you. Number three.
0: So number three is what I say say you should start small and then segment run three, so as we discussed, fear is a big a big issue um so you can reduce the risk of things by starting with a smaller group in essentially a pilot form, and you can test and learn, and this can help build your internal story or internal narrative about the value and success because and and then grow from there rather than going for. Right, we're going to launch program to, you know, the entire company, which could be anything from, you know, hundred to hundreds of thousands, you know, which to me increases the risk and obviously makes it much, much harder to adapt quickly. You know, small groups, you can move and change and adapt quite quickly as you learn. So I would suggest, you know, start small. So depending on an organization side, that could be as few as five people or maybe 50 people, um, but it makes it so much more manageable if you start small.
1: Yes, indeed. And I'll definitely second the point about the pilot, you know, starting small uh, instead of boiling the ocean up front. It's kind of like a nice testing period, what works, what doesn't work. And and you can talk about the wins and the lessons learned. And the wins actually is a great opportunity to invite more folks in. All right. Number four.
0: Number four. So the next thing I suggest you do is start in employee advocacy conversation internally. So I've, I've mentioned this before, but you need to focus on what's in it for them to get people on board. Um, you know, it's not about mandating, mandating that everyone needs to be doing, you know, or I don't know, doing it in, in the, your appraisal or something like that, that's just going to demotivate everybody. Um, so I, I, you know, I think start, start an ongoing internal conversation. This is where your internal marketing really comes into its own. No, you know, thinking through you know, what's going to capture the interest of employees, what's of value to them, and then addressing this through different forms of internal marketing content, you know, so whether you're doing a newsletter or a learning lunch or a hall or an internal blog, whatever it might be, you know, you can talk about, you know, the barriers and, you know, employees might face or the benefits of sharing or uh, tips from growing your personal brand, all those kind of different things. You can start talking about those issues really. And, and then listening out for feedback, you know, what do people say in, in the learning lunch or, are people engaging with your internal newsletter? You know, what's, what's going on? So that can really get, get a picture, really. Rather than just launching it outright and being like, oh, my God, I've got to suddenly start doing this. And you're starting to build, build that culture of, of um, advocacy.
1: Yes, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned internal marketing. You know, I always like to say there can be no employee advocacy, or in this case, employee ambassadorship or ambassador program without oh, great internal marketing because it starts there with the engagement, the education, um, sensitization, and just really building that culture and that energy. Um, it's really wonderful. Great. Number five.
0: So once you've started your, your conversation, you need to create a system to make it easy for employees to share, you know, because ultimately... You know, success social media comes from having a clear idea of what you're saying, who you're saying it to, and then saying that on a consistent basis. But this is often the biggest challenge to employees. They're not really sure what they're supposed to be saying or who they're saying it to, and building a regular habit is pretty challenging for all of us. So I think it's important to recognize that and then create a system which helps shops employees, you know, work out what they're writing about, who they're talking to, how they can develop ideas and how they can write those posts, you know, quickly and successfully.
1: Yes, indeed. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I find that correct where um, a lot of the times what we set up as, I guess, the approach that employees can use, uh, particularly when it comes to creating content or repurposing content, is not always designed to fit the lifestyle of the employees who really and truly, let's face it, you know, they got a job (laughs) and they're very focused on that. They have to be. But um, it's really good to make sure that what it is you're setting up as kind of like their steps and their toolkit, as it were, is practical and suits them and their reality as opposed to someone else's. All right, where are we now? Number six?
0: Number six, yeah. So this one's acknowledged. This is step six. So I think one of the greatest motivators for anyone is feedback. So I think it's really important that when employees set out on this journey to start, you know, sharing on, on say LinkedIn and building their, their their presence, they need to feel they're making progress and they're actually beginning to master this as, as an activity. I think it's quite easy to start sharing. If you almost sharing into a black hole and has anyone seen me? They don't notice what I'm doing. Is this of any value or am I wasting my time? And, you know, cause all these doubts start coming in when you, you know, haven't got enough likes or whatever it might be, you know, or any particular And so I think it's important for the company to recognize that if you're running a program that you need to be out there acknowledging what people are doing and the value, um. They're, they're creating, you know, for themselves, but I've got a company now, now with, with the advent of, of employee advocacy tech, you know, a lot of, lot of platforms who you can do this all have things like gamification and people can get very excited, you know, program managers, well, we've got gamification, we've got leaderboards and we've got this, and you know, this is the answer to all ongoing motivation, um, challenges. And while it definitely can help, I think it's important to remember it's not for everyone, uh, you know, and I think that's the thing I would would say generally is that people are motivated by different things and you need to recognize that in a program. So some people are very much motivated by getting top of the leaderboard and earning the most points, whatever it is. Other people are perhaps just, you know, well, actually one thing I've really found actually is that a simple acknowledgement by the brand channel, brand associate channel, for example, or a manager or, 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 or a leader In an organization engaging with their posts or even providing supportive comments.
1: Yes, indeed. And I appreciate the acknowledgement by the official channel. You know, it really does help when the company channels even just highlight who their ambassadors are, celebrate what they're doing. I think it's a great way, again, to motivate and it is a, a way of feedback to say, hey, you know, keep going or this is where you can improve or, you know, it's really just making sure they're not swimming out there on their own. All right. Number seven.
0: Number seven. Yeah. 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 So number seven is now you've got started and, um, everyone's sharing. You need to start gathering testimonials. Now I read this great quote, uh, the other day in, in the, uh, in the press somewhere about creating change. And it said that data alone won't overcome the obstacle. It's going to take a lot of storytelling. And I thought that was brilliant. I think it says it all really, when it comes to actually convincing, uh, other people in the, the need of change in them to act or not change. Because typically at this point, you know, you've started your pilot. At some point, you're going to be looking to scale it up. So you need to recruit further employees and you need to get leadership on board because it's probably going to cost more money and get more people involved, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where I think storytelling comes in. Uh, it's not just about going, I oh, hear some social media stats, you know, we've got X level of engagement and this much, uh, you know, reach or whatever it might be. But for most people in see leadership positions, it's a bit of, you know, it's almost like, so what, well, or it's easy to dismiss, really. So I think you need to bring, bring the whole thing to life by humanizing it with relatable stories, examples, and testimonials about, about the experience. You know, humanizing it really makes a huge difference to, um, you know, its future opportunities.
1: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Almost there. Number eight.
0: So the number eight is quite simple, let's <laughs> just repeat. So, um, so the best teacher in my view is experience. Um, and it's one of the great benefits of running a pilot. It's a, it's a control where testing ideas, learning and evolving. So what I'm suggesting here is you go back to, to step four and you repeat the steps four to seven, really, you know, you started small. Now let's start growing. Look at the results you've achieved in the first iteration of it. You know, were your hypothesis correct? You know, what insight can you draw from the data? What feedback did you get on how it, how it was working? You know, people dropped off? You know, ask those questions, you know, why didn't people sign up or why didn't they share? Uh, and again, I think I said earlier, you know, having it, having smaller iterations, you can rapidly adapt and, and change and, and improve what you're doing. So it didn't quite work. It's not sort of the, end of the world you can change quite quickly.
1: And number nine.
0: So now it's going brilliantly. It's all, all going fantastically. So, this is the point where it's going to become hard to manage, really, but too many people involved. And you're going to need to address, there'll be an internal demand for, the, for more data. And you want to see the results from it. You, know, you can't just manually count the people You know, at this point. Um, you know, cause if you can adjust about a bigger investment, they're going to need that, that information. So if you haven't already, this is probably the time to think about bringing in a tech platform, you know, so tech platforms typically, you know, they make it easier to manage providing you know, prompts and support to employees. You can probably extend learning by offering advice and tips through there. You can provide more personalized feedback. Uh, and you can obviously capture, you know, a lot of data and measure the you can combine results of what everyone's doing. So that's that. This is very much the time to start thinking about transitioning to a tech platform, and then really starting to scale up.
1: And it's a great sign. It's a great, great sign of growth happening. Number ten.
0: This is the final one. This is easy. You could start today.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So now you know the process, the, you know, the question is, what are you waiting for? So you can start with the first four steps today. You could start by identifying, you know, your whys. Why Why is your organization doing it? Why would your employees doing it? And we will aid you in all your conversations. You can start drafting your guide rails. Look at your existing social media guidelines, for example. How do how they work? Are they sufficient for one to, so How can you simplify them? Can you think of, you know, 10, 10 plus participants? You'd probably, you know, who's already active on social media organization, go talk to them. What are they sharing? You know, what would they be happy to share? And you can start developing a content plan to, to begin your internal conversation, you know, all your internal marketing around this. How could you, you know, internal marketing already happening. How could you be part of that? So those four points you could start today. And then that, that would give you, put you in a really strong position to then start engaging with the relevant people internally to, to get your free program fully launched. Because, you know, I talk to quite a lot of people who say I've been really trying to, you know, interest people in employee advocacy, but I just can't seem to, you know, um, get any engagement with them internally. But I think, you know, you need to start putting these things in place and if you show you have a process and how it's going to work. That's straightforward and they can understand and it puts you in a, in a strong position.
1: Let's start today. Wonderful. Andrew, this has been such a great conversation that um. So very happy that you've taken the time to share all of your wonderful insights with us. And I'm now at the point in my interviews, typically when I when we're at what I call the final takeaway or the final nugget or the final gem, which is really asking you, based on everything you would have shared with us, what's the one major takeaway that you think they should come away with, having heard everything you would have shared?
0: I think for credit employee advocacy, or employee ambassador program to be successful, it needs to be first and foremost about helping others. So when you're encouraging employees to, to talk essentially on behalf of the brand, they should, you should ask them to always think, who am I talking to and how can this help them? And I found this as a sort of simple way of so saying, you, you know, if you, it's, a, it's almost a change of mindset. So it's rather than being just about talking about the brand. It's like, well, how can I help my audience? I think this has really shown to be a real eye opener for, for many people I've spoken to on programs, and you know, if you achieve this consistently across your brand. If your employees are helping people all the time, the benefits quickly come to
1: the brand. I think that's that's an excellent uh, takeaway because ultimately, whenever you are building a brand, whether it be a company brand or a personal brand, it's about, of course, having identified your audience who it is you want to serve. Uh, they're asking, "How can you help me?" and The fact is you're solving a problem and you want to share how you solve that problem and how you solve that problem better than anyone else. And so starting from a place of knowing how I can serve, how I can help and providing that content that helps, uh, not sells really, uh, because I always believe in the mantra help first, sell second, but helpful content that helps to support a process of building connection, building community, relationship. And ultimately, of course, the brands benefit, the company brand and the personal brand. So I think that's a great takeaway point there, Andrew. Andrew, thanks again so much for being a part of this conversation. And as I ask all my awesome guests, how can we, the internal marketing tribe, support you?
0: Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. It's been great chatting to you. I really, really enjoyed that. So uh, thank you so much for having me. Well, first of all, I guess, you know, please, please, please do connect with me. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm really passionate about this area. So if you're interested in it or you're doing it, or you're acting in some way in in employee advocacy or or in any way, I'd love to uh, connect with you and chat more about this. And secondly, the other thing I'd add really was that I'm really passionate about the idea of getting more companies involved in employee advocacy and trying to find ways to simplify and open up the process is one of the reasons why I sort of key on this 10 step process. Uh, So I'm currently writing a book at the moment, actually, which expands on this, uh, on the process I've talked about today. Um, So anyone out there who's who's implemented a program or wants to implement or has considered it and decided not to implement it or equally to employees about who are at the program. So I'd love to chat to people um, about their experiences because I'm trying to build up more research for the book. So if this is you, please also do get in touch. I'd love love to connect.
1: Yes indeed and I support that. Uh, yes everyone please follow Andrew on LinkedIn. Uh he's there just about every day. It feels like Andrew. <laughs> I want to be like Andrew when I grow up. He's there just about <laughs> every day, spouting valuable content and I'm glad to hear about your book. So please uh we, what we'll do is we'll leave your LinkedIn URL in the show notes and then we're going to have your company URLs so Thank you so much again, Andrew, for everything you would have shared with us today and wishing you all the very best in everything that you do.
0: You too, Carrie Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Internal Marketing Podcast. I'm sure you got some great takeaways from this conversation. And if you haven't already subscribed to the Internal Marketing Podcast, then please join the tribe. And don't forget to leave a review and share this podcast with anyone whom you believe will find it valuable as well. I'm your host, Carrie ann Stimson, and I look forward to your joining me next time.